You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined, I would say, as always, by Adam Modest, but it's been like three weeks. I legit forgot my intro. I can't believe I'm saying this, Anthony, but I missed you. I missed you too, dude. It was. I, I missed doing the show. I actually really enjoy doing the show. It's one of the things I really look forward to. It also marks the beginning of my weekend. So it might be <laughs> I think Pavlodian. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is great. <laughs> so, Adam, the most Nixian thing ever happened in tonight's games or last night's okay. games by the time you guys are listening. So there is a league rule out there that says if Alex Caruso dunks on you, you have to retire. And the Knicks were about to get Kevin Durant, but Alex Caruso <laughs> just dunked him into retirement. Oh, poor KD. I'm sure it's really bo- – actually, it might bother. You know, if you're Kevin Durant and you're the Warriors, getting dunked on by Alex Caruso is like – it's kind of a small loss. I know they won by 25 yeah. and they dominated the game, but it's kind of like you don't feel too great about it. At Devin Courant is just screaming at Alex Caruso's Twitter right now. <laughs> like, <You're> right. <laughs> at definitely not KD. <laughs> there's there's a burner account saying something about, yeah, it was a dunk by. I actually wasn't really on me as much as beside me. but uh. Actually, JaVale McKee got in my way. I wasn't able to do anything. <laughs> I mean his way. <laughs> yeah, his way. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was, believe it or not, not the game of the night. Uh, the, <laughs> the game of the actual night was Milwaukee taking on Philadelphia. And this was a good one. It was really freaking good. Came down to the wire, lived up to expectations. And uh, look, I got to say, it's it's really rare that like the top, top players have actual bad blood with each other, right? Because they just kind of bump into each other so often. It's hard to yeah. kind of carry over that animosity. But I got to say... Giannis really goes at Embiid. He spends well, a lot Embiid, of that game yelling at him. Embiid dishes it out a lot. And, yeah. you know, I think it's been funny for a long time in large part because the Philadelphia 76ers have been harmless. Yeah. They've been fun. They've been in the process. Well, the process is over, and now they are a competition. And a guy like Giannis, who is a lot more straight-laced, not really a tra- lovable you know, all these things. Yeah. Now you got a guy that maybe wants to make a point. And what a point he made tonight. Yeah. 45 points, 13 <laughs> rebounds, six assists, five block shots. Two My of God. them on Embiid. He almost night, knocked Embiid out of the playoffs. Every night, I I, I mean this sincerely. I don't have an, an MVP vote, thank God. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think most people actually that have a vote put the requisite amount of time into into casting their ballot. Yep. But for me, I would take it serious, and I'm kind of glad I don't have to be on the hot seat for that because I go back and forth between those two guys almost on a nightly basis. I'm Which sorry, two? James Harden and Okay, and I was going to say, Giannis, no. But... And Jokic, you know, yeah. Could be him too. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jokic. He's, he's... That Warriors game showed he's still about a year away. Like from that oh, level. Oh, get out of here. My God. My God. Okay. <laughs> that they, they level? Were, they, were yesterday's, they were yesterday's news. Actually, that yesterday level. they won by 35 points. So that, I don't. Adam, you can't say that like he's had an incredible season, but like he's not in that stratosphere yet. I don't think that's an incredible. I, mean, I don't think I don't think the Denver Nuggets are in that stretch. I don't want to right. talk about the Nuggets. That's a all right. All right. Let's talk about the actual game. The, so the most recent Nuggets game was a 35 point blowout win over the Western Conference playoff San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. But that one didn't make national television, <laughs> so I'm sure you didn't catch it. I mean, the Spurs aren't the Warriors. Anywho, the uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Philadelphia 76ers 128 to 122. As you said, 
Giannis goes out and drops an incredible line, had incredible moments during the game. And so one of the two things, so the first thing that jumped off the court to me was this snapping back and forth between Giannis and Embiid. The second thing was just how larger than life both players are. They really jump off the screen at you yeah. uh, in ways that like they're surrounded by people who would dwarf normal human beings. And these guys just they're they're just on a on a different stratosphere to use that term again. And and it's just it's really cool to see that that you know the, the the human body be able to do the things that these guys are doing. It's wild. I think one significantly more than the other, though, to be honest with you. And and Embiid's a fantastic player, and I think his upside remains really, really high, but to me, one of those players has put it all together, and that's Giannis. And yeah. this is the year – I mean this is Giannis's ascent year. You know, mm-hmm. This is the year where you could credibly make an argument that he is the single best player in all of the NBA. I know the MVP he's probably the front runner for, mm-hmm. but you could make the argument that he's the most impactful player. And in nights like tonight, and especially a 46-point fourth quarter, by the way, we're talking about a Philadelphia team that – their reputation was when they assembled this team, oh, they're going to be able to get stops down the stretch and they're going to be able to guard teams. 46 points in the fourth quarter and Giannis really leading the charge on that one. And here's a crazy stat for you. How many second chance points would you guess Philadelphia had? This was a high scoring game, 128 to 122. Three, three second chance points in a four quarter game featuring a seven foot three guy who, as you just said, a dominant force. Jumps off the screen. Jumps off the screen, three second chance points in this game. And um, to me, Philadelphia, that's a recipe. It's amazing to me how well Milwaukee is able to own the paint, um, given the roster. 48 points in the paint to 28 tonight. Milwaukee won that battle. Um, but but as I said, that fourth quarter performance from Giannis, 11 points, four rebounds, five assists, three of four shooting, four of six from the free throw line. Just a dominant fourth quarter from him. To, to the point that you're making about the way Milwaukee handles the key, I don't think Brooke Lopez gets enough credit for how perfect a fit he is for a Giannis team. Because not only everybody's going to point at the, the shooting ability and the way that he spaces the floor and allows Giannis to, to have a wide open floor on offense. But Brooke Lopez, for a really long time, has pissed off a lot of old school people who just count rebounds. And, right. And, yep. and, and the way that he just focuses on utilizing his big body, because he has a huge frame, on boxing everybody out so that Giannis can get boards and start the break, that is so huge for, for that team. He, he, to me, was maybe the most underrated signing of the offseason. Well, well, yeah, league-wide, it, yeah. it's possible. I'd have to really go through the list. But he's a, a lot of the players that the Lakers did not sign this summer are the best signings. So, uh, <laughs> or players they let go. But no, Brick Lopez, you know— You're right about that because what's unique about him, three things. One, his three-point shot is for real. I mean he really is a a legitimate three-point threat now. He's got this frame and size though to bang with the big guy. So laterally he can do some things because I think positionally he's just smart. He's a high IQ player Mm -hmm. and he knows his role. That's the other thing I was going to say is he just knows what he is supposed to do and what he's not supposed to do. But physically – there's a lot of these stretch fives that just can't go down on the block and handle Embiid. And it's not like, look, Embiid had 14 points in the fourth quarter too, so he was pretty dominant as well. Yeah. But, to, you know, you keep them in check, you out, you outscore them by that many points, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez deserves a ton of credit. Absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun. Just that if they if they match up in some way, shape, or form. Now, if they do as things are currently set, it wouldn't be until the conference finals. But I would happily sign up for that conference finals. That would be incredible. Uh, that yeah. actually winds up being. You know, a... you know what people won't sign up for? 
What what is Space it? Space Jam Two. Oh man! Oh, we were gonna get to this. We'll we'll spend we a minute can do on it this quickly. Yeah. Do, do it quickly. So there's not a lot to get so, into. <laughs> Brian Windhorst reported, which is funny that this was a report that LeBron <laughs> <That's> <laughs> official report. The league is so great. <laughs> LeBron Sources. James is having a hard time getting people to sign up to do Space Jam Two, and look, I, 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 you you wanted the hot take, right? You wanted the the hottest of the hot takes here. Did I? You said <laughs> let's push Give this to, to the. I want to hear it. Let me hear it. I think a lot of the guys in the NBA are sick of LeBron James's stuff, and they put up with it for a really long time because he was the league's best player and he was the most powerful entity in the league. And now that he's kind of down on his luck a little bit, they're all saying, "Good, move on. I want to sign up. I want to play with Giannis." Well, that doesn't bode well for the Lakers this summer. I know. Um, and, I know. And I don't. I don't know that this is true. We'll find out. If, yeah. if the Lakers strike out this summer, then I think we can. We can say with some confidence that the, the that it probably is true, but I do have to say it is surprising. Earlier in the week, Brian Windhorst said something to the effect of, "You know, Space Space Jam Two was LeBron's playoffs or something like that." <laughs> like him getting this was like the big, which I don't know. I don't know if that's, I can buy into that. A wild one. N- nonetheless, though, who doesn't want to go to L.A. in the summertime? Be on the Hollywood set. Get a credit. Get to watch yourself on the big screen and let that live in infamy. Who? How can he not get people to sign up for this? This really blows my mind. You know what really, really sucks is that this was a way for the Lakers to circumvent the salary cap. <laughs> he could just pay completely right. overpay guys. Yeah. <laughs> get Julia Roberts money just to be on Space Jam 2 in a cameo. <sighs> we'll see how that goes, though. I'm still looking forward to the movie. Whatever. You aren't a Space Jam guy, though, so. <laughs> that had to be that oh had goodness. to be kind of a cool moment for you. Like, ooh, they're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting against Space Jam. That's me. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick second here, and when we come back, we are going to tonight. We are we are power ranking both conferences, both playoff conferences. They're they aren't set seating wise. But they are set – nope, they aren't even set team-wise, right? The Eastern Conference isn't the Eastern set Conference at, is the, at the very bottom. So we're going to rank the nine best Eastern Conference teams and the eight best Western Conference teams. This is going to get interesting, and, and my smugness and my, my elitism is, is really going to shine through here. So let's get to that. <laughs> So in the Eastern Conference, there are only five teams that matter. And <laughs> there's only five teams that matter to you. All right, all right. Give me, give me, make the case for why are we I should are care we about. East, well, are we doing Eastern Conference first? Or are we going to do West first? No, we're doing East first, and then we're going to spend more time on okay. the conference that matters. Well, let's just go in order. We'll get to that when we get there. I mean, we, we're going to have the same three or four teams at the bottom. So let's just start yeah. at the top here. Um, who is your number one? Because I actually think number one right now is interesting. Your yeah. number one team. It has to be Milwaukee. It has to? Yeah, it has to be Milwaukee. Okay. There is no team that – so in terms of just raw point differential in the season, Milwaukee is three points better than than the next closest team. That's a Anthony, lot. have you ever done a power ranking before? Uh, yeah, recency, I used to do it. Back recency, in the... recency bias is important for them. Okay. We want to talk about the most recent trends. You know, sure, we could just if you were power ranking by record, you would just say this is the standing. <laughs> That's different. A power <laughs> ranking tries to assess for how so, teams are hot or cold. And I am taking the Toronto Raptors okay. in the East as the number one team in my power ranking list. 
I'm 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 excited for the playoffs for this Raptors team. I think they might be good. There was an interesting stat today. I had to I had to look it up to confirm, but since Gasol has arrived, when he is on the court, the the Raptors are outscoring opponents by 14.4 points per 100 possessions. That's that's an insane number. That's crazy. It's Gian, a, now, to be fair, Giannis is 12.2, so his is also pretty absurd. And has but, been there for the whole, for the whole and year. It, and I think <laughs> if, you, if Gasol was there all year, hit, that number would almost certainly come down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, but still, we're talking about 20-something games, 25 games with Gasol. And to be able to be beating teams that bad for that long, that's, a, that's an impressive number. What, what worries me is not even logical – but Toronto has failed so miserably in the in the playoffs <laughs> that it's hard for me to look past it. How do how do I look past it? I mean, You're, yes, they have Kawhi Leonard. So it's but he just such a going... different team. I mean, their three three of their four most important players were not on the team or not playing in last year's yeah. you know in playoffs. So for to me, it, I get it. The jerseys are the same, but I, I just feel like there is just a different coach. You know, there's so much that's different about this team. And when I look at the Raptors, Marcus Salson's getting there. Here's here's one of the big pivot points. You know, he's the third leading assist guy on the team since he's got there behind the two point guards. 41% from three, which is high for him. I think he's probably a 35, 36% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. 41% with the way that they use him, and he takes about two and a half a game, that's the number that could regress for them in a playoff series. But nonetheless, they have so much cushion. I, I'm just buying them. I think they're a well-rounded team. I think Milwaukee is really good at their style of play, but I think the Raptors might be really good at several styles of play, and that's important in the playoffs. Yeah. No, that that <laughs> Gasol's size is is definitely going to wind up mattering. Uh, I I would I would see. Look, I I, I literally said it's not logical. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it makes no sense whatsoever that I'm doubting this Toronto Raptors team. They have everything that you want from a playoff contender. Yeah. I just it, it's just there's just so much that I'm I'm being asked to forget. That yeah. I don't know if I'm capable of. Milwaukee also, some of the injury stuff, it, it, you know, it starts to add up after time. And I know some of these guys coming back and, and but I, you just have to, you have to concern yourself a little bit with that. But we both have those two, one, two, I believe. I mean, is Raptor, mm-hmm. Toronto number two for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, number three for me might surprise you. And it's the Boston Celtics. Hmm. And most of this has to do with not believing in the next couple teams on the list. But Boston is a team, a little bit, it seems like. You know, a lot of what's ailed them this year ails a lot of good teams. It's ego, it's camaraderie and trust and this and that. But now that their backs are against the wall and the playoffs are here, it seems like maybe some of that stuff is starting to fall to the wayside. And I I just think Boston, the longer they can make their run into the playoffs, I think the better they're going to look. Nobody was sadder watching Caruso force Durant into retirement than Kyrie Irving was. <laughs> this future teammate we're, we're talking about. Here's, here's, my, here's my thing with, with Boston and Philly because I think Philly's probably your next team, right? Yeah. So here's my th- – what's Boston's best lineup? Uh, I mean I, 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 w- I don't know what I would say for their absolute best lineup would be. I think there's value in Philly knowing what their best lineup is. And it's a really it, good well, lineup. So to that point, so interesting enough, Celtics for me three. I'm, I'm guessing you're 76ers three, Celtics four. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're going to flip those. But 76ers, so first of all, Embiid's missed a lot of time lately mm-hmm. uh, and heading into a playoff. And was banged just, up tonight, by the way. And was banged up tonight. Almost looked like he shouldn't have played yeah. or certainly shouldn't have come back. Um, so you always wonder about that. Even when t- I know he was great mm-hmm. tonight, so it's not like he looked rusty. He had a triple double, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Th- yeah. I think 34, 35 points. He was, he was pretty, looked pretty good. But 
12 and 9 since the All-Star break, the 76ers, with a negative net rating, negative point differential. To me, that really, you know, they're not peaking. And a lot of that was they decided to rest guys and they decided to hold guys out. So some of that is that. But I just look at the 76ers team that, in my opinion, does not equal – and Boston this season has not equaled the sum of their parts. But I just trust Boston's ability to get there more than I think the 76ers because I've always felt like this team has not equaled the sum of their parts. Yeah. I It wouldn't shock me. I, I see it as a coin flip. Like I look at – so Milwaukee to me is the clear favorite. I would then have Toronto as the clear second best team. And then 3-4 is a 3A, 3B kind of situation. Right. And, and, yeah, and here's yeah, my, yep. here's my thing with, with Philly and, and Boston, the difference between having to face Milwaukee in the first round versus, you know, or, or in the second round or the, the teams that those guys are facing against in, in, in their first rounds like that, the, there's a gap to me between the five seed Pacers and the six seed Pistons. Well, so the Pacers probably both number five in our power ranking list, I, I assume. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they've they kind of fallen off. I, when they lost Oladipo, there was a nice run there. I think they play really well together. I think they're incredibly well coached. They execute like a playoff team. One of the things – and the Spurs kind of fit in this category for me. One of the things about teams that, that execute at a really, really high level – Execution in the playoffs is one of those yeah. extra gears a team has. They're already at that gear, and I think as things have ramped up, they, they've kind of lost that but, um, that edge. So they're still they're still head and shoulders better than Detroit, Brooklyn, Orlando, or Miami. I, I don't think they're head and shoulders better than Detroit. I don't and, and Orlando in particular. I think they are better, but I don't think it's a head and shoulders thing. If and it's not, we're not going to find out because they're not going to face each other. But if they were to face each other in a series, to me, those series would be closer to a coin flip. Um, right, which so brings us to the next. Here's here's where you have to make the case as to why I I should <laughs> care about Detroit Brooklyn or Brooklyn I care about because I like D'Angelo Russell proving Magic Johnson wrong, uh but Magic in my or the the Magic in Miami, I just it, it's hard for me because there's so there's such a noticeable gap in my opinion which you which you differ on which is the starting no no place no no I no, no. There, I don't differ on that there's a big gap, um <clears throat> I don't I don't differ on that. They're, these teams don't have, in my opinion, even a puncher's chance at, at winning a series unless a player were to get injured and, and the ones above them. But, you know, you look at Detroit. I think they've been impressive since the All-Star break. Uh, the, the ninth best point differential, uh, Andre Drummond averaging 17 rebounds per game since the All-Star break. Yeah. He's already leading the league by two rebounds per game at, at about 15, but he's brought that up another two since the All-Star break. Just really, really good basketball <clears throat> from him right now <clears throat> and they're a team that's surging i just i don't think there's actually that big of a gap I, I wish we could see detroit versus indiana in a playoff series for one for some reason i always pair those two teams together in my mind I, malice at the palace malice at the palace that yeah. that was there was a rivalry there of course even even leading up to that um but i will say detroit versus philadelphia philadelphia has owned detroit Embiid has owned andre drummond there's a lot of bad blood there but this is a great opportunity for Drummond, who's playing, in my opinion, some of the best basketball of his life, to get another stab at it. And I kind of like a redemption story. This is a guy. This is a guy that has been owned and kind of has the bully on the block who likes to talk a lot of trash directly at him. This is an opportunity to to change the narrative in, in that regard. I don't think he will, but at least it's an opportunity. It's just the rest of the guys on that team, outside of Drummond and Blake Griffin, really make me nervous. Like really, really make me nervous. <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm 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 happy for Detroit and with how they've kind of closed this year. It's given me a little bit of hope that that maybe there's something brewing there. Um, yeah, I'll say this. I'll say this about the three teams that are currently seated in there. Miami is uh, half a game back of Orlando as we're recording this right now. Yeah, I do hope it is Detroit, Brooklyn, and Orlando in there because those teams are actually going somewhere. Miami is just they're they're in cap hell. So I want to see these. It's good, I think, for these teams to get in there and get their feet wet with some with some playoff experience. Well, I'll be real quick here because I know we're running short on time. Mm-hmm. But Orlando, third best net rating since the All Star break. I don't think you would have guessed that. Nope. That, would not that's it, they're eight and two in their last ten. It looked for a moment there like maybe they wouldn't be in the playoffs. They'd fall out, but they've surged here at the close. So again, I, I just I like these young teams that are overlooked and forgotten, and they make a push down the stretch. I just mm-hmm. like it. I like when guys that have been counted out uh, fight back a team that everybody counted in. That's kind of fighting out of the playoffs is Brooklyn. They're, they're the number eight for me, Miami. I'm with you. They're, they're just kind of, they are who they are, this mediocre team, but Brooklyn, um, hopefully they can hold on to that last spot. I think they have an interesting close to their schedule. They're going to play a bunch of they the, have teams the toughest and, schedule to close. So, so they might, they might not finish it, but it's also one of those things where I think it's in their hands because um, in, they play at Indiana then they host Miami in the last night. So that, yeah. that, that last game against Miami probably determines whether they get in or out, which will be great. That's what you want to see. I think one thing before we move on to the Western Conference, one thing I do like about Orlando is the amount of length that they have. They're really hard to score on at the rim. Yeah. And and in the playoffs, those easy buckets are, get even tougher to come by. And those baskets at the rim, if you can make them as difficult as Orlando was capable of, that's that's a that's a very key component of, of – not playoff success. They aren't going to maybe even win a game, but but just at least moving forward. That's something to build off of moving forward. All right. We are done with the Eastern Conference here, and we are going to move on to the Western Conference, which is, again, up in the air, <laughs> is going to come down to, well, yeah, the, the seven and eight seeds are going to potentially swap or whatever. On Six, the- seven, and eight. Uh, well, there's a bit of a gap. Game and a half between uh, the Clippers and OKC, uh, but only a half a game between OKC and San Antonio. But, you know, maybe. Uh, So we're going to get to that conference here in a second. You know how I know that Golden State isn't in playoff mode yet? (laughs) They only beat the Lakers by 30? Uh, no, uh, Steph Curry completed a behind-the-back pass. <laughs> <laughs> I had that in my. I had that in my. Uh, You've been saving that one for a that while. Was, that was I. I enjoyed <laughs> firing off that tweet. But all right, so we'll start at the top again. I think you and I both agree that the Warriors, shocker, are the top seed moving moving in the top power ranking spot. Even if you take, especially if you take uh, recency bias into account, this is pretty open shut case. I don't. I don't. I, I will say yes. Of course, you have to put them number one. I think they're one of the maybe the best team of all time. But I will say that just Houston has. I you counted them out in week week one of the season. You said they had no chance. So what annoying. I will say is I feel better about Houston chances now than at any point this season. Um, whether or not it pans out, we'll find out. But I'm I'm intrigued. I'm back to being intrigued, which is good. Yeah, Daryl Morey has worked his tail off. Yeah. To get the, the roster to where it is right now. Because it was a disaster heading in. When they swapped out Ariza, who granted hasn't been good this year, and who was the other one? 
Who was the other wing that they? Oh, Luke Mbamute. Uh, when they yeah. when they lost those two wings and swapped them out for what was it, James Ennis <sighs> and Carmelo Anthony? Like the fact that they were able to 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 rebound from that, like that was that was huge for me. They, they and, and Maury deserves a lot of credit for that. Do you have your Denver Nuggets second? Oh no, because again, this isn't a standings. This is right, there's no. some important reasons he piles here. I don't. I'm telling you, I don't think Andy uh, Anthony understood what a power ranking was. I didn't realize Maybe that. That's would, why I lost that column. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, it has to be the Houston Rockets. I'm 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 fascinated by him. James Harden uh, is, is playing some of the best basketball of his life. And depending on how this shakes out, you know, I do think that rhythm for the Rockets is going to be especially important. And um, you know, Clippers, as good as the Clippers are, maybe that's a little bit of a an easier path for him in a first round. And then Denver, if Denver should make it past the first round, um, Houston has owned Denver. Golden State and Houston make Denver look really bad. And unfortunately, they're always on national television for those games. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, you know, Denver does plays really, really well against basically the rest of the league. Milwaukee, uh, Toronto, every, the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. Um, but Houston, to me. I'm really, really intrigued, and it's shaping up. If they can get that two seed or even just hold on to the three seed, it's shaping up that they might have a somewhat easy path to the to the uh, Western Conference Finals, which would be great. I think it's another situation kind of like in the Eastern Conference where there's pretty clear tiers here. You have the Warriors at the top, I think, to me, who have a, a, a – there's a gap there between them and the number two team. And I do have Denver as my number two team. I wish they were shooting Wild better. I, I yeah. like here's my thing. It's weird to me to just have a team forget how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, and Denver had like a six game stretch there where they were shooting twenty percent from three, and yeah. Denver's a great three point shooting. They have a lot of great. It, it was it, Malone was talking about this ahead of the last Spurs game, and, and Denver broke out of that slump. At maybe I mean at least for one game. Um, but he was talking about it in his career, and he's a lifer. He's been around. His dad yeah. was a coach. He said he's never seen a slump where. Not just one guy, but every guy on the team lost their shot at the same time. I, it has he to be hasn't something been mental the or something. Well, I don't know <laughs> if there's a lot. Lance Stevenson missing a three point. That's not a slump. That's that's expected value. <laughs> no, but I I think that's that's what I'm kind of holding on to here with Denver, and and that's why I'm putting up putting them ahead of Houston. Is I just I, I can't. It boggles my mind that an entire roster would just forget how to shoot, and and if, and I I think. I think come playoff time, those shots are going to be tougher and the pressure is going to be mounted. So if there was a psychological reason why they were missing those shots, then, you know, that gets heightened a little bit. But if they, as you said, they, they torched San Antonio. They looked like the Denver team that, that made me, you know, had people wondering if they were going to get the top spot from the Warriors. So if, if we see more of that over the next, what do they have, uh, four games left? If we see yeah. more of that over the next four games, and it's nice that they have a nice little gap here to hopefully get some momentum going uh, into the playoffs. I, I think they deserve that number two seed. I, I, ironic enough, I think Denver shuts it down. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I think Denver, um, if they win <laughs> Friday in Portland, they lock up a top three seed. And I just think with the way they've played Houston, uh, it's not that they would punt trying to fight for that two seed, but they might just look at it and say – we'd rather go into that series as underdogs than, than as favorites. And, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. I, I honestly believe that. Um, That's crazy to me that with the home, 
You're going to put James Harden. You have the opportunity to have well, him play an extra game at elevation. And- well, well, here's well, here's the other part of that. Denver has four tough games left on their schedule. Houston yeah. has none. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that Denver says, "Do we really want to?" They have another back-to-back. Still, they have to go at Utah, then fly back to Denver, play Portland twice. Do they really want to push for all of those games with the slim chance that they'll win them all to hold on to that spot? Maybe, maybe not, because. We just mentioned that shooting slump. I think a lot of it has to do with just fatigue and, yeah. you know, a lot of Denver people don't know this about them because unfortunately they're not on everybody's radar, but they've had as much injury yeah. uh, guys out of out due to injury as anybody. So there are some guys that have had to carry the load that I think are just on dead legs. But um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I think Houston clearly ahead of Denver in this regard. If Denver were to play Houston and of course I cover the Nuggets, if Denver were to play Houston, I would pick. De- Houston in four or five. I would have to really decide if if, if I felt like Denver was going to be able to sneak yeah. one win out of that series. That's crazy. That's that's crazy to me. All right, who do you have? So we talked about the top three teams. I'm a, I I might surprise you here with my f- number four pick. You ready? Well, first of all, my number four pick is the Denver Nuggets. What the hell? <laughs> who do you have? My number three pick is the Utah Jazz, who have the best net rating you in the are, Western Conference see what you're doing the right now. Game. See, what you're doing right now is a reverse jinx. You're trying to get your <laughs> expectations at as, at as low a place as you can possibly no. have it. No, 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 that's not it. Uh, that's not it. Uh, I really do believe – I mean, again, this is a power rank, and we're talking about how teams have played, and Denver just uh, – especially over the last 10 games or so hasn't been that ex- impressive. But I think Utah – and if Denver played Utah in a series – it doesn't look like they will, but if they did, I think it would be a coin flip. I, I think those teams are pretty pretty comparable. I don't think Utah's better than Denver, but if you just if the two teams are are similar in talent and effectiveness, but one has been on a, a they're nine and one in their last ten, I have to give them the edge. I guess I I guess this is where I suck at doing power rankings because I do care <laughs> about like that larger sample size. Yeah. Yeah, Utah. Utah's kind of uh, racing into the playoffs here, and it's not that Denver's limping. Like I said, they had a, the big win, and they're six and four in their last ten. So it's not like they're that far behind their season pace. I think their season pace is like six and a half out of ten wins, basically. So um, I guess yeah, I'm, I think I'm really going to surprise you here with my number four pick. All right, I think the Clippers get I, I come in at my my four spot. It's a that's a take. It's a take, but it's not. I, I had them five, so it's it's not that much of a take, I suppose. My, my here's my thing with the Clippers. I love their identity. Yeah, they are all bought into. We are the underdog. We are, we have a complete fu mentality. Uh, they are thriving off of the fact. Like Zubats is out here just throwing haymakers at the Lakers, and it's incredible. It's so great. Uh, and and I just I like that now. Obviously, there's going to be a talent gap that they have to make up for in just about every series that they play in. But yeah. still, that mentality, that identity to me matters a lot come playoff time because, like, this is when this is when the adversity gets its loudest, the pressure gets <laughs> its toughest. And if you have at least that, at least culture to fall back on, that really matters to me. The Clippers are in the perfect spot because they're not going to be a home court team in the first round. So they're going to be underdogs and they're high enough up that they might get Denver. They might get Houston. You just don't have anything to lose, but you're capable of of doing anything. And I really like their team. They're another team that's a team full of cast offs and misfits. Lou Williams, the Clippers, by the way, did a great job, had a great video today. They posted out kind of a 20 minute mini doc on Lou Williams that I found really fascinating. A lot of things I didn't know about about him. He's a really um, cool guy. Really interesting guy. Um, Danilo Gallinari, who's 
<laughs> people don't realize how great he's been in large part because he spent most of his career in Denver. But this is a guy that led Denver number one player on the best team they've ever regular season team they've ever had. He's a, he's a heck of a player and he's been healthy this year. Montrez Harrell I like a lot. I mean, they've just got a lot of dogs yeah. uh, on that team. So uh, I'm with you. They were my well they were my fifth team. I'm guessing you have Utah number five. Then it's close. Okay. It's really close. I. I I do really and again Utah kind of also has I mean their what's their oh no their slogan is take note take but, note take note right which they're is really lame. leaning into the jazz to the jazz thing because yeah. there's a ton of jazz in Utah I don't I'm, um, I'm not a fan of that one but but they again they they have something you know <laughs> they are all for you know the sum of their parts being more than than the actual parts themselves that's um, the same e- good job nailed it stuck the landing perfect. <laughs> They are all for one being the sum of the total of their parts. That was it. That was it. I combined like two different cliches. <laughs> <laughs> this season, dude, like the Lakers season really derailed my <laughs> I called I called Denver a state the other day. Uh well <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Anywho, I number I, six. I again like I again like that Utah has that identity and, and it I I do want them to to go. They're the team of the of the non big three in the West. They're the team I think that can make the most noise. That can jump up and bite a team. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, number six. Number, number six for me. This is a tough one because uh, all of these teams are in different phases, I guess, of disarray. But I'm going to go with the Blazers here, and I know that's tough. But I'm just I'm yeah. not going to count out Lillard. They seem to be rallying around this. They're 16 and five since the All Star break, which is a heck of a record. Might be the best record since the All Star break. Um, if it weren't for that Nurkic deal, or yeah. Nurkic injury, I probably would have had them even higher, ahead of the Clippers for sure. Maybe even ahead of the Nuggets. Um, but unfortunately, the injuries. I just don't know that they're going to make a bunch of noise in the playoffs. Nurkic to me was that uh, wild card. His size, being able to lean on teams over seven games really presented an interesting dynamic to that team and them not having it is is a huge bummer and and it's also a bummer for Nurkic who was playing really freaking well this year that really sucked to watch devastating injury that honestly might change the the course of his career because as you mentioned he was having a career year he really felt like he had just discovered himself and and um, you talked about his size, his rebounding, his his rim protection, his passing has always been there, and and I think Portland kind of figured out how to use that best this year. So uh, it sucks for Portland. I gotta say, there's no fan base maybe I I pity more than the Portland Trailblazers because uh, again they have tough blow after tough blow. After but tough but not just that. Sixteen and five since the All Star <laughs> break. This was a team that was in the perfect position. They might have finished as. The three seed, maybe even as high as the two seed had that injury not happened. And they were just perfectly positioned to be the team that was nobody was talking about but was surging into the playoffs. And unfortunately, now not only are they, you know, I don't I don't know there's a lot of hope for this year's playoff run. Next year might be another waste just might become a wasted another year. Tough year. Th- that's just that's brutal. All right. Next last I have two. Last two here. I have San Antonio ahead of Oklahoma City. So do I. I you know what really terrified me if I was a if I was a OKC fan? What's that? It was a game for like three quarters against the Lakers. They people talked <clears throat> about that game as if it was an impressive win because in mean, Westbrook, of course, the big yeah, 20, 2020, 2020 game, and that, that became a and it was a cool story. You know, it took it on a life of its own. But I was with you. They have looked so bad, and the fact that they went on like a twenty to two run to close a game against the Lakers to get a win, people found that impressive. I, I'm just very unimpressed with this this Oklahoma City Thunder team. 
Here's what big picture actually really worries me about OKC is they go through stretches. Uh, they go through these droughts in an inability to score for a really long time in a Western conference that is filled with just crazy offense after crazy offense after crazy offense. And that's just a great way to get left behind. And then the other thing too is, and, and I went on a, a show with um, John Hamm out there in OKC. And one of the things that I told him is there's a difference between a guy who hits shots and a guy who spaces the floor. And OKC has a bunch of guys who like, you know, on a given night will hit shots, but they don't have enough guys that you actually have to scheme against. And that's how you actually create gravity. And and for a team yeah. that has Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George, you need guys who create that gravity, and they don't have enough of it, in my opinion. Speaking of guys that uh, hitting shots, Paul George, since the All-Star break, now we're talking about an 18-game <laughs> sample size for him, 40% from the field, not the three-point line, the yeah. field. Yeah, that's that to me. That's the biggest concern. And one of the reasons I think everybody was high on them. And if you remember going into the all star break, a lot of people said Nuggets fake Oklahoma City's the real number two. Uh, nobody's saying that anymore. No. We're both saying they're the number eight. And by the way, I will I will say this, though, and, and this is kind of something I was alluding to earlier. You look at the standings right now. If you're Houston and you get the Clippers in round one and Denver in round two, that's not a cakewalk, but it's pretty, pretty easy. Mm hmm. Golden State might have Oklahoma City or San Antonio in round one. That's tough. I mean, that's Ish. I think they win both of them, but it, the Spurs will make them show their hand a little bit. The Thunder yeah. will get chippy and physical. Second round, you're going to have most likely Utah. That's another. That's a tougher second that's round the matchup. Tougher, so, that's the toughest second round matchup, I think. And Golden State just might have their toughest four game run to the to the finals that they've had yet. Now they're the Warriors. They'll probably it'll probably still be a cakewalk, but. It's it's at least worth m noting because most years they usually have one and sometimes two just puff uh, you know cream puff games before they get to a, a conference finals that matters. Yeah, let's uh, let's really quickly we we talked about San Antonio without really talking about San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> That's the San Antonio it, way. It it really is. It really is, and it's like the typical <laughs> San Antonio story, right? Where where we all count. I counted them out. Uh, a lot of people counted them out. Uh, my one concern with this team, though, is that defensively they aren't quite – they aren't there. And, and you know, maybe it gets better come playoff time when, when Pop gets, you know, consecutive games one after the other to, to be able to scout and, and, and scheme. But right now their defense is, is a real concern. If anybody else was coaching this team, if they had any other name across the, the front of their jersey, I think we would just be talking about this team as yeah. a gimme. Um, and, and, and if they do as they are right now in the eight seed matchup with the Warriors, it, it probably still is a gimme pop will do something that'll annoy the, the Warriors into, you know, showing their hand in a way they didn't want to. So there's that angle to it, but that team, that rosters is not very good. You know, they're relying on Jakob Pertle a lot more than I would have guessed they would have needed to. So yeah. that, that kind of tells you where they are. Yep. I still think it's going to be a fun playoff right from the get go. I do too, uh, especially out west. East, I think, will take a little bit of time to pick up. But again, Detroit versus Philadelphia gives you at least something to something to, to get eat some popcorn too. Yeah. Because Drummond <laughs> and, and Embiid do not like each other, and Embiid has dominated that matchup. Brooklyn, you know, do they have a puncher's chance against Toronto? Probably not, but who knows? Um, and then Indiana, Boston. I, I, there's a by the way, there is a small chance that uh, Indiana and Boston could flip. They have the same record right now, so there's still a chance that Indiana could have home court. That would at least make that story a lot more interesting. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait. We're almost there. We're less than a week away, right? From the yes. end of the regular season. We're like nine days away from the first playoff game. But we're still almost there. We're almost there. I'm almost done with these Lakers. 
That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. This week of the Locked On NBA podcast, make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel and you're listening to everyday shows over the course of the week. It was fun to be back here, Adam. We'll talk to you again next week. It was fun. Have, be safe, everyone. Have a great weekend.